Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. Record. The call today is about influence. And are you being influenced or are you an influencer? And Venice is laughing like God has been telling her a lot about influence lately. And it's like, are you even serious right now that this is the topic? Um, I also already have known that the call was specifically for you guys who don't normally get on because I wasn't going to talk about influence at all until about an hour and a half ago. And I just was like, oh, maybe I'll talk about influence. And I just started researching and taking notes and um, putting scriptures together and everything. And I was going to cancel the call. You guys know that I'm really transparent with that. I, I, it's just the way that the enemy gets me and I don't realize that it's him, but it's always this feeling of what are you going to talk about? Do you even have a topic? Are you going to talk about something? You should just cancel. If you cancel, you don't even have to worry about this anymore. And it, then I'm like, yeah, maybe I should cancel. I really don't feel good. I'm kind of like achy. I could go lay back down. I like in my head and I, it's all these things. And so as I was doing this research and typing up notes, I realized that I am a victim of this and I have been influenced in a bad way because there's lots of people that are going to influence us in a bad way. And there's people who will influence us in a good way, but we have a lot of negative influence. And one of the things that we're going to talk about that influences us is the devil and provokes fear in you and gets you to not do what God wants you to do. And we have some good scriptures that are going to back that up, but um, I wanted to start with reading the definition of influenced, and it's the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something, or the effect itself. And so it's a capacity to have an effect on something. Like, think of that, the capacity to have an effect on something. So we hear the term a lot under the influence which is when your mind is being affected and polluted. So it's the ability to have this effect on you. You're under the influence of drugs, alcohol. It's changing the way your mind is thinking. It's influencing you in a bad, in a bad way. It, it, you don't have control over your mind anymore. When you're influenced of something and you're under the influence, you're kind of like under the spell. Like I'm under the influence. I, I can't think right. And we just tend to think of drugs and alcohol, but I also want you to think of bad influences around you in general, causing you not to think right without even realizing it. Cause that's really what I see. And my husband and I were talking about this yesterday and it's really what started the idea of talking about influence. Cause him and I were, um, we were sitting outside and we were talking about certain people in our lives. And there's someone who is very close to me and I heard him talking to his kids over the weekend in a terrible way, um, a terrible way. And he's someone who I really respect. 
and he was talking to his younger daughter and he said, he was like, do it again. I'm going to knock you in your effing mouth. And he said it to her. And I was like, what? Like that's, that's like not in his character. That's like not who he is. And he said it like very quiet over in the corner to his daughter and my daughter heard. And I was thinking a lot about it. And I was talking to my husband last night. I'm like, you know, it's, it's really shocking to me that he was talking like that to his daughter, because that's just not who he is. And my husband said, well, when you're around other people, you tend to act like they do and look who he was around. And it was very true. He was around people that were influencing him to parent differently and to say something that he normally wouldn't have said. And it's really said out of character. It's just like if someone gets drunk and they're saying all this kind of crazy stuff to you and they're yelling at you and they're angry and all this stuff. And then the next day they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't even remember what I said. Like, it just, it wasn't even me. It wasn't even my character. It's not who I am. It was just said because your mind has no control over itself when it's being influenced over something else. I mean, think about like you're under the influence. It's on top of you. It's around you. It's smothering you. It's you're under this influence. Being an influencer, you're above the influence and you're causing it to change. So there's a lot of things that we do in our life where we're influenced and we don't even realize it. And the purpose of these calls is to wake up, open your eyes and see what's happening around you because these are things that we don't even realize are happening because we can't make sense of them. And we're just in this world where everyone is doing the same thing. And, and we just, we can't even help it. Like you're just brainwashed so easily and you don't realize the things that you're being made to believe because it's the norm. It's the societal norm or it's the cultural norm. And we have media and advertisement in our face nonstop. I mean, we're all on social media and social media on Instagram. Now, every three posts is an ad. Every three posts when you're scrolling is an ad, whether you realize it or not, it's everywhere that we look, it's everywhere we see, it's billboards while we're driving, it's commercials, it's, it's everywhere. And if you're not aware of it, it can really hinder what you're doing because we need to get out of this valley and realize, okay, I'm, I am strong and I can do this. But when you get out of the valley and you're experiencing a good day where you're like, okay, things things are okay today. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to lock myself in my bedroom and cry my eyes out or isolate. Like I'm, I'm okay today. I'm pretty motivated. I'm, I'm in a good mood. I hate to tell you, but it's only temporary. Like the devil is trying to get you at any cost that he can. And it's annoying and it's irritating. And I get so mad sometimes where I am like, get out of my life, get away from my family, get out of my mind, like get out of here. You're not welcome here at all. But without even realizing it, he just like creeps right back in and you have to be aware because he's lurking around waiting for someone to devour. Like literally he is looking around like, who can I take? Who can I take? And God has given him some parameters and said like, you can't, you can't go inside this box. You can't do this to my people, but you can do this to them. And we have to know these things because not only do we have the influence of the devil, 
but we also have the influence of our family and friends and community and close circle. And you don't realize, but the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And a lot of us are stuck in this way of living because it's how we were raised. It's how our parents are. It's how our sisters and brothers are. It's how our cousins are. It's how the people from our school are. It's, it's how the kids soccer team is. It's how it's what you do in your life because your life is your job, your family, your friends, your community. It's what brings you joy. It's what you do at home. This makes up your whole life. And so a lot of us just think, well, you know, it's my mom. So what am I supposed to do? I want to tell you right now that if you were raised in a circle of people that are influencing you to do the wrong things, and they're influencing you not only to drink and do drugs and party, but also convincing you that the ways of the world are the right ways. And, oh, you know, screw him and go cheat on him. Or it, there's little messages that people say too, like, you just need a margarita or, you know, we just need to have a shopping day. Like these things are not the things that you actually need. It's just a way of coping and it's a way of feeling better in the moment, but that doesn't actually make you feel better. It actually makes you feel worse because now you're fighting with your husband about the decision you made, or you're fighting because you went over your budget, you blew your bank account, you are now are behind on your bill. Like it's, it's, it's an effect. And so you have this circle of people around you. Now you don't have to tell off your mom and tell your brothers and sisters, like, I'm never talking to you again. You don't even have to have a conversation. All you have to do is just create some space. Like you don't have to tell them. So all, all the, all the introverted people that don't like any kind of conflict are like, praise the Lord. I don't have to sit down and have a face-to-face -face conversation with them because really, I mean, you don't have to love them any less. You don't have to make them feel like you're not there for them. But just choose what you do wiser. Like, do you have to do that? Do you have to be invited to that place? Do you have to go to dinner with them? Do you have to choose to go to their house on the weekend? Do you have to choose to let your kids stay the night over there? Do you, or do you have the choice not to? Because sometimes you're like, it's Christmas. What am I going to do? Not show up, like create this big drama, just show up to Christmas. But when they invite you to go out for drinks on a random Saturday, maybe you already have plans. You need to create the space because although you love them and they love you and they don't want to harm you, their goal isn't to sabotage you and ruin your life. They love you. It's not good for you. And this is where I see people struggle the biggest because this is really all they know. Like this is my family. This is what they do. And it's not the norm for someone to rise up and say, I am going to be a victor and I'm going to rise and I am going to just do amazing things and live for God. And I'm called and I'm going to be set apart. And it's not the norm to do that. So you probably didn't come from a whole generational line of people that are rising up saying, let's go, let's go praying over you, having prayer rooms and raising, raising you to know scripture and to know the double-edged sword. And like, you probably don't know that stuff. And if you do, then amazing, because you're a bunch of steps ahead of the rest of us, because a lot of us are struggling to just follow God for the first generation. We don't even have anyone to look up to because no one in our family has ever done this. And so you have the influence of society and your friends and your family 
also let me say that the influence of them really can squash your dreams. And I had to learn this the hard way that when you have a dream or a vision, you have an idea, you have this big, scary thing that you want to do. It's so delicate in its small early stages of birthing. It's so delicate. It's like a newborn baby. It's like a premature baby being born. You wouldn't just take that premature baby out anywhere and take it to a party and say, oh, pass it around. You know, anyone can take the baby. Let's go to the beach, put the baby in the water. Like you would be like, no, we need to stay at home. The weather's outside. The conditions aren't right. I need to nurture this baby. It needs to be quiet. We need to be clean. We need to be slow. We need to be gentle. We need to be peaceful. Like you try to have all the fruits of the spirit when you're around this little premature baby of kindness and joy and patience and all that you wouldn't just throw it out in the world. And that's what we tend to do, especially if you're someone who likes to talk and is outgoing and, and you really connect with people through, through sharing and oversharing. Um, you're probably a verbal processor like me, where all you have to do is just find something where you can talk for a living and then you're good to go. <laughs> so if you're a verbal processor, you want to talk things out because it's what makes you feel better. It's what makes you put in the plan. And it's what makes you like, it makes it come to life because you get it out of your head and you get it out into the open. But what happens is you share that with the people you love because you're so excited. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start this business. I'm going to write this book or I have this podcast I want to do, or I think I'm going to go speak on stages, or I'm going to go volunteer at this women's shelter. And I think I'm going to join this ministry. And what do people around you instantly say? All the things that you can't do. You know how hard it is to start a podcast? You're going to start a podcast. Do you even know anything about starting podcasts? You, you're going to go volunteer at that woman's shelter. You don't even have enough time to do the stuff that you're doing anyway. You really think that you're going to have time to go do this? You know how hard it is? Oh, all those people just want is a handout or all, you know, it's just negative. It's you're going to start a business. You know how many people have businesses like that? Oh, my friend Sally had that business. Yeah, she failed. It was a scam. Yeah, it didn't work. She tried to start a t-shirt business and she ran out of money. And then her parents, like, I mean, it's just, it's constant. And, and the people don't do it because they want to see you fail. It, okay, Caitlin, perfect example. Caitlin's a travel nurse. She said, this was me telling my family that I was going to start traveling. Right, like you're married. How are you ever going to see your husband? How are you going to have a home? You're just going to travel around. We're never going to see you. You know, family means the most. Like people have an opinion on everything and whether it's right or wrong, it's their opinion and it's not about them. It's about what has God told you to do? Because God told me to write a book. And I failed English class and I dropped out of college and God was like, write a book, write a book, write a book, write a book. Everywhere I turn, write the book, write the book, Taryn, write a book. And you know how many people still to this day, even my, my friend that I was just talking to the other day, she was like, I mean, you're not writing like a real book, are you? I was like, what kind of book would I be writing? Like, what do you mean a real book? Like, yes, this is a real book. I have a publisher. It's going to be published. It's going to be available anywhere where books are sold. She's like, you can do that. Like my good friend is like, it's not a real book though, right? This is just like a, like, you're just pretending to write it. Like, what are you thinking right now? You're squashing my dream. Why are you telling me that I can't do this? They're not saying it from a point of, I want you to fail. And I want you to be down here with me. 
they're saying it one because it makes them feel bad when people around them are doing something better than they are or something bigger or have this dream like rising up like no we just want we're from a small town Caitlin you should just live at home because we've all just lived at home you should just stay in the town because we've all just stayed in the town that doesn't mean that's the best thing for you and it's what we're hearing from God so if you start sharing this little tiny delicate premature vision that God gave you or dream that God gave you with all these people it's going to cause chaos it's going to cause fear it's going to cause doubt you're going to be overthinking you're going to be like oh yeah oh yeah I mean I can't even make I'm so indecisive I can't even make a decision what I want to eat when I go out somewhere I'll be like okay I'm going to eat something healthy I'm going to get something healthy I'm going to go out to dinner I'm going to get like salmon broccoli I'm going to get something and then the person I'm with, which is usually my mom, she's like, I'm going to get pasta. I'm like, Ugh. like, I think I want pasta too. And she's like, let's get an appetizer too. Let's get that. And then let's get soup. Let's get dessert. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, you know what? Forget it. I'm out to eat. Like, who cares? I'm just going to get it. And just like that, what I wanted to do was talked out of by someone else, not even trying to talk me out of it. I really talked myself out of it. She didn't pressure me and say, come on, eat bad food with me. I need you to do this with me. I can't do it alone. She just said what she was doing. And because we have this natural human desire to fit in and to be a part of the crowd and to be in the village and to be a part of the tribe, like we, we haven't talked about that in a long time, but there are so many studies and so much evidence about how we are tribal beings that we want to be in a tribe. We need that. It's how all of our ancestors ever were. It's how they survived. You couldn't go survive if you were by yourself, completely isolated and alone. You didn't have the tools. You didn't have the skills. You couldn't take care of yourself. You had to be in a village, a tribe, a group, because you needed to depend on other people to survive. You didn't want to be kicked out of the tribe. If you're kicked out, it means death. It means I, I can't be kicked out. I, I have to live here. I have to be a part of this community. It's what animals do in packs and herds. And we want to be a part of the group. So what we do is we just try to be like the group. Because if you're not like the group, then you're not like the group. And you want to be like the group. So when we're in a group of people, you tend to become who they are because you want to fit in. Nobody wants to feel rejected. And we all have past wounds and experiences. And whether you realize it or not, things that happened to you in ways that you were rejected or abandoned or made to feel less than as you were growing up, they still affect you as an adult. And there's a woman at my church who was like, I don't like to come to the women's nights. We, every third Wednesday, we have this big women's night at our church. And she's like, I don't like to come to the women's nights because one time I walked up to a table and I asked if I could sit there and they said, oh no, these seats are saved. And I immediately had a flashback to high school and I was like, nope, can't do it. She's like, I haven't been back since. And I can see from the outside of that story how easy it was for the devil to get her out of church. To use that to offend her and to use that brokenness and that hurt and that wound to pull back up and like, nope, walls up, closed off, isolation, pull away. Because he's using other people to really get in to our minds and to get into our circle and to be able to do that. So there's lots of stuff that I want to talk about with the devil, but okay. I'm going to start with Galatians 
five, seven. So Jesus says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven levels the whole lump. And so what is leaven? Um, Eleven figuratively in the Bible means anything that spreads silently or quietly or secretly and has a very strong influence in changing the conditions or opinions. So leaven was like yeast and bread. It's what made it rise. You put a tiny bit of leaven in the bread and it, it rises the whole lump of bread. I mean, just a tiny bit, it affects the entire condition of it. And so this is what happens when we get this little bit of leaven into our lives. It affects everything that we're doing. This little bit of fear, this little bit of temptation, this little bit of influence, this little bit of alcohol. You may think it's just fun. It's girls night. We're just having some wine. Like it's not a big deal, but it is affecting your brain. It's affecting what you say. It's affecting how you control yourself. And we're not supposed to be under the influence because if you're under something else influence, you're not in the influence of Jesus. That's who we want to be influenced by. So the enemy, here's something that he can't do. He cannot indwell inside of a believer. And the word indwell just means permanently be present. He cannot dwell within us like the Holy Spirit can, which is really good news. But he and his demons can still make mental and physical efforts to have influence over us. So he accomplishes all of his work through the countless number of demons that he has because he's not omnipresent like Jesus, which means he is present over everyone. He can be everywhere at one time. You can be everywhere and present all the time. It, he can't do that. He can only be in one place at one time but he can still make his presence felt, presence felt everywhere because of the demons that are also working with him. And that's a huge thing that a lot of people are like, I don't believe in demons. I don't believe in the devil. <laughs> well, they for sure believe in you and they're trying to take you down. And I can look in your life and I can show you where your demons are. I can show you how the devil has tried to mess up your plan that God had for your life. Because that woman telling me she doesn't come to the Arise Nights at church anymore because of that offense, that was a demon. That, that's being attached to someone and that's telling you that's keeping you away from the presence of God. And you're like, yep, trigger, I'm triggered. I'm not going back. And it takes a lot to realize, you know what? I'm triggered. That offended me. I feel rejected and I feel hurt. But you know what? It's not about me. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to find somewhere else to sit. God has a plan. Maybe God wants me to sit somewhere else. Maybe, and, and just go with what is happening in your life and think that God has my back. He knows what's going on. He knows better than I do. So thank God he said that that seat wasn't taken because he obviously has somewhere else he wants me to sit. Thank God I was fired from that job. Thank God I didn't get that position. Thank God that house fell through. Thank God I never married him. Thank God. We didn't go to that school. I mean, everything that's happening that you feel like is rejection or you feel like is a wall or an obstacle or why is this not happening? The timing's not working. The success isn't coming. It's for a reason. It's not like God is like, oh, dang it. Oh, shoot. She was really supposed to get that promotion. And now her boss and her just got in a fight. And now like, no, there's nothing that happens that God's like, dang it come on, dad, Like, what's going on? Why does this not work? 
it's all working together for our own good. God knows better than we do. We do not know better, but the devil tries to get us to think we do. So for me, the biggest fear that I have that creeps in when it comes to doing the calls is what are you even going to talk about? You don't even have a topic. And I was like, last night, I'm, I told my husband that I'm like, I have zero idea what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. Zero clue. I have no idea. And he's like, I'm sure you'll figure it out. I'm sure you'll have a dream or something will happen. And you're going to have I'm like, I know, but I don't know. I'm going to wake up really early and I'm going to spend extra time with God because I need him to tell me what I'm talking about. And I didn't wake up extra early. I only had about 30 minutes to do my study and to spend time with God. And it popped into my head so, so like so smooth. And it was like, you should just cancel the call. Like you don't have to have a topic. People, it doesn't, oh, like you don't have to show up. It's fine. You can cancel the call. And then immediately I'm like, oh yeah. And then I could spend time with Skylar. We can maybe go out to breakfast or I could lay back down because I, yeah, I really don't feel good. And it like, it just creeps back in like this. And then I'm like, no, I need to do the call. I need to do the call because there's people who need to hear what God has to say. And I, what I was doing and the devil uses this all the time for me, it's this number one trick is he takes the focus off of Jesus and he puts the focus onto me. And I started thinking about me, like, I don't, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't have any ideas. I don't know. It's not going to be good enough because I don't know what to say. And this whole time, <laughs> Jesus is like, look over here, look over here. Like the Holy spirit is running the call. You're not running the call. If you could run the call and you knew what to do, you would have done it a long time ago. This isn't about you. If you don't need a topic. You don't need to know what to say. You don't need to be prepared because if you did, it takes the glory from Jesus and puts it onto you. And Jesus wants the glory. That's why he's used a bunch of broken people throughout the whole Bible is because he used someone with a stutter who was insecure and couldn't talk to ask for deliverance of all of his people. He didn't use this person who went to school and was a speaker and was educated and was authoritative. He used someone who wasn't. And that's what Jesus wants to do in your life. But you have to give him the control. You have to say, okay, you know what? I'm scared. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to rely on you to do it because that's what you tell me to do. And it, I don't know how it's going to work and it's none of my business, but I will show up and I will pray and I will listen to you and I will do what you tell me to do. Like being on this call. This is not on accident. It's not like you randomly were on this call. I didn't tell Tina to even get on these calls. And I didn't tell her to invite people onto these calls. She found the calls on her own because she was praying and she was desperate and she needed something. I was praying that the people who need to hear my message somehow find it and they're connected in some way. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know everything about the algorithm. I'm not the best marketer in the whole world, but I don't need that. I just need to pray and God's going to do that. And so you hearing about this podcast and getting on was you being obedient and taking a step forward. Like, I feel like I should be on there. I don't know why, but you heard the advice of you should get on. Okay, I will. Just like someone says, hey, there's this book you should read. And you hear them talk about the book and you're like, I'm going to get the book right now. I feel like I need to read that. It's just this, it's this knowing, it's, it's the intuition, it's the Holy Spirit guiding you 
And so many Christians do not listen to the Holy Spirit. They don't think that it's the Holy Spirit. They think that it's themselves and they don't trust themselves. And so they're like, I don't know. I don't know. But you've had the noise inside your mind for the last two years that you should go see a therapist, but you still aren't going to see one. And it's like, it's not you saying that you should get a therapist because you wouldn't tell yourself to get a therapist because you're not even listening to yourself saying you should get a therapist. You don't want to talk to a therapist. You don't want to go there. You don't want to do. So it's not your advice that you're hearing. It's the Holy Spirit pushing you. A lot of people are like, I don't like to read. Well, then why do you keep feeling in your head deep, deep, deep down somewhere in your gut saying you should read, you should read more, you should read more. You don't even like to read. You're not telling yourself to read more. The Holy Spirit's telling you to read more. It's inside of you, pushing you, saying to do that. You have this feeling to, you know what? I should, I should go to this store. I should park in this spot. I should take this route. All of these things, like when you're driving and you can go different ways, like when I go to Target, I can take the expressway or I can take like the back way. And sometimes I feel like taking the back way. And sometimes I feel like taking the expressway. I don't know why. I always go to Target a different way. It's just whatever I feel. And that's how we need to learn how to navigate our life is how are you feeling deep down inside? Not feelings of emotion. Like I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling fearful. You can't judge your life by emotions because those are just lenses that are distorting your view and distorting your hearing and you can't see and you can't listen. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this deep inner gut intuitive feeling of what do I feel like I should do? And that's why the intro on this podcast, when you're listening to the recording says, stop saying you don't know what to do because so many people are, I just have no idea what to do. I'm in business. I have no idea what to do next. Taryn, can you help me? I have no idea what to do. Yes, you do. And when I coach people, I'll say, what do you think you should do? You know, if you think you're going to coach with me and I'm going to give you all these answers, like, okay, this is what you should do. And it's the most annoying thing. I remember when I was with my coach is I'm like, no, I don't want to know what I think. I want to know what you think. That's why I'm paying you. Like you tell me what to do. And she's like, that's not how it works. What do you feel like you should do next? What do you feel is the next step? If you feel stuck right now in your life, if you feel stuck in your career, if you feel stuck in a business that you're trying to start, if you feel stuck with your weight, with your marriage, with your friendships, with your mental health, anywhere that you feel stuck, just take like five minutes, close your eyes when you get off of this call or when you're done listening to recording and just ask God, God, what should I do next? And keep your eyes closed and just keep thinking, God, what should I do next? What should I do next? What should I do? And when you get an idea of what you could do, write it down. Don't think about it. Don't think like, could I do that? Is that possible? Do I have money to do that? Do I have time to do that? Don't worry about the, any of the other parts. It's none of your business. You're just trying to get a list of things that you can do next. You're thinking like, okay, I need to read more. For me, and the answer is not always more, because for me, when I felt stuck and I sat there in silence and I asked God, what do I do next? He said, be still. Stop reporting for your assignment. I already told you what to do. Because I'm, I'm a hustler. I'm a, like, come on, like, let's go. I'm a hustler. Like, I've always been like that. Like, I'm, I'm constantly moving. I'm constantly cleaning. I'm constantly organizing. I'm running errands. I'm I'm just, if I have nothing to do, I'm like, oh, I have nothing to do today. What could I do today? 
what can I do? Oh, I'll clean out the pantry. I'll clean out the art supplies. I'll do like, it's, there's never like time to just chill. I'm never like, oh, I have nothing to do. I'll just like lay in my hammock and read a book. <laughs> but God, for so long, for it was like two full years that he was telling me, slow down, slow down, be still, do less. Stop trying to do so much because when you're trying to do it all, you're taking the glory away from God. I used to have big goals, big sales goals. Like I'm going to hit these goals. We're going to, we're going to get this recognition. We're going to hit this rank. We're going to hit this promotion. We're going to make this big paycheck. And I would do every single thing in my power to try to make it happen. I would stay up until three in the morning working crazy. I'd wake up at six in the morning. I'm like, okay, there's five days left to hit this goal. Like, what else can I do? And I worked so hard and I would fall short of the goal and it would, or I would hit the goal. God was never getting the glory. I was getting the glory because I was working harder. It's not by works that God's going to give us what we want. If you're not on his path that he has for you, you're never going to get there. And the devil is planning little tricks and obstacles and detours while you're on the path. And all of a sudden you're on the path, you're following Jesus, you're walking, you're like, things are great. All of a sudden you're like, wait a second. This is not where I'm supposed to be. There's all these picker bushes around me and it's dark and the ground is muddy and I can't see Jesus's footsteps anymore. And I don't know where he is. And why did you leave me? And why are you gone? And he didn't leave you. He's still there, but you're not focused on him. And now you're focused on fear. And now you're focused on temptation because one of the ways that the enemy gets us is he invokes fear in us. And the fear for me is what if I fail? What if this doesn't work? What if I'm not as good as I'm supposed to be? Again, I, 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 uh, all on me. I'm not thinking of Jesus at all. I'm thinking about me. What if I look bad? What if I let people down? What if I'm not as good as I'm supposed to be? It's all me. And that's not what we're supposed to do. Hebrews 2 verse 4 and 5 says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. So he's talking about Jesus. Since we are flesh and blood, Jesus came down and he too shared in this humanity. He was not God when he was down here. He was Jesus. He was human. He was tempted like we were. He was hurt like we were. He was treated like we were. He wasn't opposed to that or exempt from it. He came as a human for a reason. So this scripture is saying that he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. Him who holds the power of death is the devil. And he came to break the power of the devil and the second part of the scripture says, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear and death. So think of that. He is trying, Jesus came to break that. That is no more. The devil is not holding the power of death. Jesus came and broke that, okay? And then he broke that to free everyone who has been held in slavery by their fear. So this morning, I felt like I was captive 
because I was in fear thinking I can't do this call. I don't, I don't know. And what happens when you're held captive and you're put somewhere, you're isolated. You can't talk to people. Nobody is like holding you captive and then giving you a microphone and connecting you to the world. No, you're by yourself. You're isolated. You can't see anyone. You don't get to be in the world. You're by yourself. That's being held captive. So you don't have to be in a cell with a shackle around your ankle to be held captive. You can be in your room. You can be in your kitchen, organizing your kitchen and cleaning, feeling like, okay, I'm doing something good. I'm like cleaning. I had to do this anyway. I had to vacuum out these drawers. I had to reorganize, get rid of stuff, declutter. You're telling yourself this, but you're procrastinating what you should be doing. That's going to bring glory to God. That's going to move you forward down the path because you're locked in your own mind with fear. What if this doesn't work? What if I, what if I suck? What if I fail? What if, what, what if I don't know what to do? That's a big, huge fear, fear of the unknown. Like write a book. I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't even know how to write. Like, I, I mean, I know how to write, but I don't know how to write well. I don't even know how to talk well most of the time. I'm like, how am I going to know perfect grammar and how long is a book supposed to be and how do you even do that and how do you like what I have no idea and I could sit there and just keep thinking I don't I don't know what to do and what if this sucks and what if it doesn't work and what if people laugh at me and and God is like write the book move forward do the next thing why are you thinking about something 10 steps down the road have you written the book yet no so stop thinking about how you're going to edit it and promote it and sell it and market it and proofread it. Is the rough draft written? No, write the rough draft. Stop thinking you're not good enough. Stop thinking you can't do it. And so the scripture is what pierces against the enemy's schemes. Our next podcast that we do on next Monday. So if you're listening to this recording and it's an old recording, you can just go right to it. It'll be episode 77. Um, but if you're on here live or you're listening now and it's not up, it'll be live on August 29th and it's going to be on the armor of God because you need to know how to fight off the devil because whether you're in the Valley or not, he is still trying to hold you down. And if you know how to fight, it's not scary. And it's really empowering to know, like you don't have any kind of authority over me get behind me you know feeling like oh this is fear holding me back I prayed out loud all I said and I wasn't even like on my knees quiet in a room with my hands folded I was actually making my daughter breakfast and I just said kind of under my breath oh god just make me do this call just just make this call happen like I know that I just need to do it just make me do it and all of a sudden just like that literally just like that I made up my mind that I was going to do the call, but you know, I'm just going to do it. God will find a topic for me to talk about. And if I don't have anything to talk about, I'll just start talking. And I know that something good is going to happen. And then I was doing this. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write these notes. I'm going to write out influence. And I started doing this. And then I realized that what I really needed to do in the moment of feeling fear is I needed to quote a scripture about fear. So when I found the scripture and then I said it out loud, I kept saying it out loud and out loud and out loud. And I just kept repeating it. Isaiah 41, 10. And this is why you need to have scripture cards, you like note cards. You don't have to do anything fancy. You don't need to go buy them. Just make them yourself. Any scripture that you're like, yes, 
yes, like this is, this is what I need. Put it on your fridge, put it on your counter, get a whole stack of cards that you can read when you're feeling down. Caitlin already has them right here. Perfect. Isaiah 41 10 says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm like, am I going to do a call that's good enough? Is this going to work? Is it going to be a good topic? Are people going to think that I'm good? Is it going to help anyone? I don't know what I should pick. And God literally answered me and said, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He will help me. I can do this. I'm going to do this. He promises to help me. He says that he will help me. I'm like, get out of here, devil. Nice try. <laughs> nice try. You failed yet again. Get out of my house. Get out of my mind. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do this. And me being on here and doing this call and delivering this message that's flowing so perfectly and the notes just came out so perfectly makes me even more on fire to keep moving forward with God because I'm experiencing what I'm telling you is the goodness. When you say, you're not holding me back, I'm moving forward. And you quote the scripture and you move forward. It's such an empowering feeling. It's like, I call the Holy Spirit tornado. I feel like inside of me, it's just like whirling with like joy and all the fruits of the spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, like you feel it. And I'm learning in my recovery class that I've been in. And if you, if you struggle and you really need recovery for a bunch of different things, it could be from drugs, alcohol to like anxiety, approval of others, pride, depression. If you go to the link on my, if you go to my Instagram at Taryn Sarconi and you click on my link at the very bottom, I have a resources section of just some of my like favorite things. I have a, a software for kids that I use for my kids that blocks out like any bad stuff that you can get the one that we use. Um, I have my favorite study um, called Defined by Priscilla Shire that just defines who you are when you like really need to know. It's just kind of like my resources, like my favorite things ever on there. And this recovery class called New Life has completely changed my life. And I've been doing it since January and it's been incredible. And they offer it at different churches, but they also offer it online. So you can virtually be a part of it. Everything's on there, but this New Life program has taught me that we don't need to manage our sin. It's not about managing our sin. Like, okay, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have pride anymore. I'm not going to be angry anymore. I'm not going to try to have their approval. It's not about us managing the issues, but it's following so close to Jesus that there's no room in us to sin. Like the Holy spirit tornado is moving so fast and you have so much joy and peace and happiness you don't want to fall away from God. You don't want to do the wrong thing. You don't want to drink because you already kind of feel like you're a little buzzed. Like you feel like you're a little high because you're, you're like, I'm just super happy today. Like, this is really weird. I just, I feel so much joy and you just want to cry for no reason. Cause you're so happy. That's the fruit of the spirit. That's when you're following so close to Jesus and you're obeying him. This is what starts to happen to you. 
you don't want to do something, you don't let the devil hold you back. You go against it with scripture. You get on the calls. You listen to good podcasts. You listen to a sermon. You rise up. You do who God called you to be. Like that's what's going to meet you and keep moving you forward to the next spot because you've experienced this. Once you experience it, you can't deny it. You're like, I know what it's like to not be prepared and to think I'm going to fail and to think I'm going to suck. And God shows up and does it way better than I ever could. So you're like, next time I'm going to do that again. Because when you start spending time with someone and experiencing them, you know, their character, you know, God, every time says that he'll come through and he does every time he comes through. So I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to stress about this. Another way that the devil comes at us is with temptation. And Mark 1.14 says, in talking about Jesus, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. So if Satan was tempting Jesus, don't you think he's going to tempt you? I mean, tempting Jesus, the son of God, you would think would know better. You would think that the devil would be like, okay, I I really can't get him. I'm going to try to get someone better. He tried to tempt Jesus and he tried to tempt him by making him the same way he tempts us. He tried to tempt him and make him think you can do this. You don't, you don't have to die for this whole world. If you're the son of God, then just make a different way. You don't need this whole world and everything. I'm going to give you all these cities. You can take all these cities right now. You don't need to wait for God to feed you here. Eat this food. I have this food for you. He tempted Adam and Eve when they were in the garden to get them to think that they knew better than God. And that's really like a form of pride and you're idolizing yourself. Like you think, you know, more than God, you think you're capable more of God. You're idolizing yourself. So for me, I'm like, I I can't do the call. I don't know what to talk about. It's not a topic. I'm idolizing myself thinking that I'm the one who really matters, thinking that I need to know what's going on. And God's like, you don't, I'm the God. It's not about you. Stop making it about you. Just like I shared on the call the other day that I didn't want to go to church the other day. I just didn't want to go. I didn't feel like going. It was cold. I was kind of tired. I'm like, I don't really want to go, but I went because it wasn't about me. Because since I went, my husband went, my four kids went, my friend, my best friend, Catherine went, her three kids went because of me going, nine other people came to church and it's not about me. Oh, you're cold. Oh, you're tired. Too bad. It's not about you. Like, that's how I feel like God's like, oh, you poor baby. Okay. Well, this isn't about you. So let's get your butt to church. Like, and we think that like, oh, I feel rejected and people I don't fit in and and I never know where, anywhere to sit. And I can never, like, okay, this isn't about you. And you think that you're, you want to move forward with Jesus. You want to glorify God. You want to be who God says you're going to be. It's going to be a little harder than what you're already doing. Think of people that are in ministry work that are in countries being killed. Every day, there's thousands of Christians being killed, being crucified, being beheaded for Jesus. And we want to complain because there was no coffee at church and it's cold in there. Like, give me a break. Like it's ministry work. It's going to be hard. You feel rejected. You feel offended. We'll keep moving forward. It's going to be hard. 
You need to get better at your own self, rise up and, and take the lead to become influential. The three things you need to do is you need to take the lead. You need to go against the grain and you need to have good mentors. Three things, take the lead, go against the grain and have good mentors. You need to take the lead on your own life. You cannot do step two and step three, and you cannot become influential if you do not take the lead on your own life. And being successful does not mean you have to keep doing all these things that you don't want to do, because that's what the world says. And that's what I repeated in my head. Terry, you're so nice. She says she is the best mentor. Her name is Taryn. <laughs> um, and I'm going to tell you about how to find a mentor and, and the type of mentors that you need. But I was told by culture and society and all these people that I really looked up to are these people that I made my mentor. Okay, this is a really big red flag. Is the person you're looking at for advice? And they don't have to be coming into your kitchen having coffee with you. You don't have to be having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with this person. They don't even need to know who you are. So I can be somebody's mentor and I've never met, met them. I've never seen their face. I don't know their name. And I could be your mentor. You need to make sure that the person that you're considering your mentor is a Jesus Christ following person who is making that their priority overall because I was following mentors who claimed they were believers who did not teach you to do things the way that the Bible says to do that they talked about hustle and worldly stuff and don't you want this nice car and don't you want to make a million dollars and don't you want this nice house and don't you want all this nice stuff and your worth will be better and you'll have more recognition and you'll be at a higher level. That was what the focus was on all the time. Like you better prove yourself. You better show up. You better prove yourself. You better be there. You better be successful because you, you got to have that nice new car. You got to have that nice new purse. You got to show up. You got to be in the front. Like this is not what we should do. Jesus wasn't in the front. Jesus wasn't trying to prove himself. And there's a difference between confidence of I'll show you kind of confidence I'll show you, I'll show you when I'm at the top. I'll show you when I do it, watch me. And it's this confidence between that or like, here I am. I don't need to prove myself to anybody. Here I am. I don't need to show you that I can do it. I don't need to tell you, look at me, I'm making it happen. Here I am. And it's a difference between confidence. And for so long, I was in the confidence of, I'll show you and I'm gonna do it. And then it was like, you know what? No, I don't need to do that. That's not what, that's not what scripture says. That's what the world says is to hustle and to keep doing things and to work harder and sacrifice more. The Bible says that if you're a mom, if God gave you children, that is your job. God entrusted you with those kids to raise them and teach them and instruct them on how to live in this world but not of the world. And if you're so distracted that you're trying to just show people your worth and I'll prove you and you're trying to get a big promotion at work and, and I feel like I'm coming for someone right now with all of this. I don't know who it is, 
but this is who I used to be. Like, I'm going to, I have to do this promotion and we're going to make all this money and I'm going to show you. Meanwhile, my goal is like, let me save the world and let me impact this whole world. Meanwhile, my kids at home have no mother because I'm locked in this office for 14 hours a day. I don't have time to talk to you because I'm sacrificing now so that we can have things later. My kids don't know scripture. My kids don't know the love of the Lord. They don't even know where to start to read a Bible. They've never done a study. We go to church on Sundays, but the church's job isn't to raise your child and instruct them in the Lord. It's to complement what's already happening at home. So the devil, of course, wants to get you distracted and wants you thinking about what else can I have and what else can I do and what else can I achieve? Because then no one's in the home raising the kids, which is what you're supposed to be doing anyway. Being in God's will is part of it is taking care of the things that God has already given you. And are you taking care of your kids because you're just feeding them breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they have clothes on their back and a roof over their head? God wanted you to do a little bit more than that when it came to raising your kids. You're either going to raise the kids to know God and to know scripture and to know instructions and teachings of the Bible, or the world is going to teach them the opposite. And I have two boys that are about to be 13 years old. And I can tell you that they have been raised in church their entire life. They go to public school and they're in the world, just like I am. And up until they were about 11, 12, 11 years old, I would say they loved the Lord. And they were all about church and God, and they were all about it. Once they turned 11, they got into middle school. They still do love the Lord. And I told them, and that's why I quit my job. And I told them I will quit my job before I let the devil take you because I meant it. I woke up and realized if I do not make a change, everything that this world is about right now, everything my world is about these kids it is going to all be for nothing. I'm going to be so focused on over here. And God said so many times to me, start with you, then your home, then your community, then the world. Stop trying to reach the world when you don't even have it together inside your home. I, like we think we become obsessed, especially if we're these like nurturing people and we're these hustlers and we have these big dreams and big ideas about businesses and this is going to change so many things. And, and you're pouring into all these people and pouring in and pouring in who is pouring into you and who's pouring into your kids because the, in the scripture says, and I don't know exactly where it is in the Bible, but it says like, like for what is it when you, you save the world, but you lose yourself? Like, what is that? Like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to help all these other people, but I'm not going to help myself. Like, that's not how we're supposed to do this. It starts with you and owning your own life and taking the lead. I don't care where you come from, who you were raised by, what kind of adversity you had to climb through, or you have to climb through. You can 1000% be in a different frame of mind in a different life. If you stop letting things of this world influence you and you start taking the lead of your own life, going against the grain and having good mentors around you, you have to stop doing something and turn and walk the other way. 
it's when you stop sinning, it's not like, okay, just stop doing that. No, it repenting is like you stop and you turn around and you start walking the other way. You don't just stop walking. It's not like, okay, I just, I froze. No, that's not repenting. That's not stopping what you're doing and repenting and saying, I'm not doing this. It's turning around 180, walking the other way and saying, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to do something different. You're making a different choice. So if you are hanging around with trash and it's making you trash, you need to stop and you need to start hanging out with other people. You have to, and there's people out there that can influence you. And the reason why we started recording these podcasts on the podcast actually came after I started, I've been doing this for years and years and years, waking up in the morning and getting on zoom with people and pumping them up. And then it just turned into, we should record this for people who can't be on live. And then it was like, oh, well, I should put this on a podcast. And it just like kind of happened that way. But we need community. We need like-minded people. When I wake up at my house, I don't have people like you that are also there with me saying like, let's do this. We got this. The devil has no authority in our lives. Like, I don't have that. You know, I have a bunch of kids that are like, we're hungry. And like, then they're, I can't find my shoes. And I, and then it's like, okay, what do I have to do today? Oh yeah. I have to pay all those bills. Oh yeah. I have to call that person. Oh, I have to take them to school. I have to, and you immediately just go into like hustle robot mode. No, you need to stop and you need to realize, wait a second, what is this world about? It's not just staying busy all day and go to sleep and wake up the next day and stay busy all day and go to sleep and wake up the next day. No, this, what is this about? What am I supposed to be doing today? How do I be in God's will today? How do I make a change? How am I different? I created this community because I needed this community of like-minded people saying, let's go. And if you're out there and you think, I don't really have good, positive people around me that I can make part of my community. That's just a lie from the enemy trying to keep you isolated and make you think like, this is going to be hard. How are you going to find people? But let me tell you that the best place to start is a church. Now you don't have to go to a church by any means, but you need the community of a church. You need God's people. And yes, this community on zoom and on this podcast and online and Instagram and social media and all that can be so great and beneficial, but it's not sitting next to someone. It's not face-to-face physically in the same room, building relationships. And if you're traveling a lot, like Caitlin, like you're not in the same place all the time. And it's like, well, shoot, what am I going to do? Go to a different church on Sundays, go to a different church. God has jobs for you inside of other churches. Even if you're only there two weeks, Even if you go one time, you're going to hear a message. You're going to see something. God's going to talk to you. Like you don't have to be in one place. There was lots of people that traveled all over the place. Look at missionaries that are called to leave their whole, their whole community and jobs and everything and take it and go to a foreign country and go do something like, you you know, don't think that your job is only in your community. And it's only if I'm grounded and in one place, you can be all over the place and still be doing God's work. If you have a job that's moving you all around the world, and you feel like this is where God wants me, then that's where God wants you. Remember, he's not saying, oh, shoot, now she can't go to church. Like, it's not like he's like, ah, dang it. I didn't think about this. He's like, this is who I want her to be. This is what I want. I want her to go around. Number two is go against the grain. 
We're called to be set apart. We're called to be different. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds. Do not be conformed to this world. It's really hard to not conform when you're living in the world. Let me tell you. And I just had this revelation yesterday where I was like, why do I buy designer stuff? Like, why do I have a Louis Vuitton purse and walk around with this Louis Vuitton purse? I was telling my mom, I was like, this literally is like showing people like, oh, approve of me. Look at me. I have money. I'm a higher class. Like, look at what I have. I have this possession. I'm like, I don't even want this anymore. Like, I'm embarrassed. Like, why? It was just this awakening of like, why do I have stuff like that to just be like, look at me, look at me. I'll show you. It's not like here I am. It's like the billionaire that drives around a a crappy car where you're like, aren't you a billionaire? Like, why do you have holes in your shirt and you're driving this old car? Because they don't have anything to prove. It's not like here I am, I'll show you. It's like, no, this is me. I don't need to show you. So do not conform to the world. You have to go against the grain. So if what you're doing feels against the grain and you feel like I am fighting an uphill battle. I am going against the stream. That's how it should be. You are the fish. And I love all the pictures that I've seen with like all the fish swimming this way. And then the one fish like swimming this way, like, this is how I feel. And I actually have, oh, it's in my daughter's room. Um, is it? Yeah, it has to be. It's, um, a little sign that I used to have in here. And it said, um, it's better to go, it's better to swim against the crowd, especially if they're going in the wrong direction. And just because more people are doing something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Just because everyone is rioting doesn't mean that, oh, well, this is what everybody's doing. This is what I should do. Just because everyone believes in one thing doesn't mean that that's the right thing. Majority doesn't dictate truth. So think about that. What are you doing? Is it causing you to do things against the norm? And that's also why you need to be careful with this little dream, this little premature dream, because it's probably against what other people have thought or think. And so they're like, oh, that's, that's weird. Don't do that. Like I stopped drinking. It's been like 45 ish days with no alcohol at all in my system. And you know how many people think that that's so weird? They're like, so you don't like drink at all? Like you, like you, like you don't even have like drinks sometimes. I'm like, why is this so weird to you? Like, no, I'm not drinking. You don't drink when you go out. Like you don't, you don't even drink wine anymore. I'm like, no, I don't drink at all. Like people are like, oh, good for you. (laughs) You know, this like, "Mm, yeah, good for you. I like that for you. Not for me. You know, like just something like that is so like, oh, that's weird. And that's, that's what the Bible says. Do not be drunk. Be of a sober mind. So why is that so weird? And why, I feel like I shouldn't, why do churches have beer tents? Why do churches that, that are there, they're like, oh, we have a beer tent and casino night. Like there's churches in my city that literally have like a festival every year and there's a beer tent. I'm like, what is this? Like you are the church. You should know better. Okay. Last thing, number three, and I'm going to let you guys go. 
having good mentors. This is people and God. God is your mentor. So we've all heard like you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. God can be one of those people. You also don't need to include your kids in that circle because you spend the most time with them or your husband because you spend the most time with him. Other people can spend more time with you. Remember, I don't have to be your mentor and be at your house or talking one-on-one with you to be in your circle. I can be someone in your circle because you listen to my podcast. So many people are like, I drive to work with you. I work out with you. I drive home with you. Like you, I can, I can be in your car for hours a day in your ear telling you things, influencing you telling you things that I believe in things that God says. And that's how I can be one of your five. So Proverbs 15, 22 says without counsel plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. So not only do you need to turn off the naysayers in your ear and the people that are giving you bad advice, you need to seek out counsel from many advisors so that your plans succeed. People that have already gone before you, people that have already achieved big things, people that are Christ followers for you to tell the dream to. And that's why I opened up my calendar again to do clarity calls and discovery calls for free, a 30 minute call. You can find it in the link on my Instagram and book on my calendar and talk to me because I want to hear your dreams and I want to pour gasoline on them. I want you to be like, so I'm really scared, but I think I'm going to write a book. I think I'm going to start a podcast. I think I'm going to start coaching. I think I'm going to start this business. I want to be the one to be like, yes. And here's why you're ready. And here's what God says about that. And here's what you should do because you need someone pushing you in the right direction. Do it, change, make the changes. If you want it, go get it. How's your devotional life? How many times have you talked to God today? What's your prayer life like? What's your meditation life like? What's your hustle mentality? Like we need to be breathing more fire onto your dreams because you need someone telling you like, come on, let's go wake up, like create this urgency in you. It's what I wanted forever. I'm like, how come there's no one there encouraging me? How come there's no one there supporting me and telling me let's go. The time is now checking in on me. Hey, how's it going with your book? How's it going with that podcast? What else do you have in the works? How do you feel like God's telling you to serve? Like you need people to challenge you and push you and pull you because you have so many people telling you the opposite. So you need many advisors to help you succeed. And Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. So again, being in a community, being around other sharp people will make you sharp. And Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And that's why our next call is going to be on the armor of God. It's really like a part two to this because you do need to put on the whole armor of God so you can fight off his schemes. It says you put on the whole armor of God. And this is my favorite part that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. It doesn't say that you might and maybe maybe you can, maybe you can't. No, it says that you may stand against the schemes of the devil. You're going to stand against the schemes of the devil if you put on the armor of God, because not only does God want you out of this mental funk and out of the valley and in there, it's it's not enough to just be out 
we're all on here because we want to be out and then we want to move forward up the mountain. We don't want to just stay at ground level. We're ready to go. Give, my, give me my assignment and I'm going to make this world a better place. I'm going to encourage. I'm going to support. I'm going to offer something of value to other people. God put that in you. You're called. You're called. This feeling inside of you, like, I feel like I'm made for something more. Like there has to be something more. That feeling comes from God. He's calling you. He's telling you, come on, come on. We got work to do. Come on. And you feel like you're waiting on God, but you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. He's like, come on, come on. No, don't look at them. Don't listen to that. Where is your armor? How come you didn't put your armor on today? You're wondering why you're down in the valley. You didn't put your armor on. You're not quoting scripture. You're not spending time with me. You didn't put on your breastplate of salvation. You're not doing all of these things. Like, why do you think you're losing the battle? You're losing the battle because you don't have the right equipment. And so it's way past time that we talk about the equipment that you need, that you need to be able to do this. And there's a full study by Priscilla Shire called the armor of God. If you really want to dive in deep and you really want to do it. And there's one for kids. I just did one with my daughter. So you can find those on Amazon. Remember, it's not just about your armor, but as a mother or as a wife, you can put on your armor and you can teach the other people in your household to also put on their armor. And now when you have an army of people that are armored up against evil and ready, then you can really do major, major damage to darkness. But if you fall and if you're isolated and the devil has you by yourself, then he takes out everyone else in your family too. So you are very important in this. And if you struggle with isolation and you feel like the devil has isolated you and you're procrastinating and you're canceling and you're, and you're avoiding and you just feel like you're alone and you're isolated, then you need to listen to episode 42 of my podcast. It's called Isolation. And if you feel like the devil is after you and he is attacking you and he is pulling you down every single time you turn around and you are so sick and tired of it, then you need to listen to episode 23, which is called the devil is after you. And those are two very good resources to listen to if you're feeling either of those things. So come back here Monday for the armor of God live. You can be on our live podcast recordings by clicking the link on my Instagram and signing up. You'll get an email with all the information. Um, join our community just like that. It's free. There's no gimmicks. There's no nothing like that. We don't sell anything here. It's just, it's just a community. Okay. Um, but thank you for being on and all the first time people. Thank you, Tina, for inviting your friends. And I love you all so much. I believe in you. You can go to my other podcasts. Um, by going, the best way is to go to my Instagram. Um, just type in Taryn Sarconi, T-A-R-R-Y-N-S-A-R-C-O-N-E. And there's a link in my bio and it's linked right to my podcast. You can see how to access it and the link's all right there. Um, you can also, anywhere you find podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, you can just type in wake up with Taryn Sarconi. I think if you just type in wake up, it pops up as one of like the top ones, um, all those, but yes. Thank you, Jamie. And you can get on the telegram chat by clicking on the link on my bio on Instagram. And when you scroll down, it'll say like, join our live calls. 
And when you submit your information, you're going to get an email and the email will have your, the Zoom ID, the days and times of the call and the link to join the Telegram chat. So it's all right on there in the email that you get. And for whatever reason, if you don't get an email or you have any problems, just send me a message on Instagram or Facebook and I'll message you back. But love you all. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley, and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.